My name is Sandy Asker, and it is so good to have Aaron here today and his children and his confirmation students. So let me just say again, uh, welcome to those of you who have never been here before. Welcome to church uh, at, Ameri at the American. We are starting a new sermon series today, and I'm super excited about it. And I'm going to warn you, this is going to be the interactive part of the service, okay? So everyone, come with me. What is one word that you have used to describe this past season of COVID? One word. And for you at home, if you want to get in on the chat, drop a note there. And if somebody sees what they're chatting online, let me know what it is. So out loud, what, what's one word you've been using to describe COVID? Anyone? Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. That's two words, but I'll give it to you. Difficult. Difficult. Good. Frustrating. Frustrating. Isolating. Isolating. Anxious. Anxious. Anybody else? Difficult. Difficult. Absolutely. I've heard the word nightmare. I've heard lockdown, depressing, and has anyone actually heard someone say it's sort of a welcome retreat? They're actually enjoying some of it? Well, I, of course, have uh, compared it to a race, and it's the kind of race that you get woken up in the middle of the night and someone says, go, and you have to wear a mask while you're doing it. No, you can't run too close to the person next to you. We have no idea how long it's going to be. No, I don't really know the course. And the people along the way actually have no idea what they're doing too, but they do have some supplies for us. You have not trained for it. You've definitely not slept or eaten well to get ready for it. And actually along the way, someone might come alongside and run next to you and say, by the way, you might think that that's the finish line, but we've had to extend it. <laughs> it's not just an ultramarathon is it? It's something beyond words. But I think that we could all agree that there have been aspects of it that have been hard. We're going to spend the next three weeks talking about when the journey gets hard, what do we do? And what does God have for us? Perhaps COVID's not the hard thing for you. Maybe it has been a retreat. I really do know people that have said, man, this is nice to kind of slow down. We've had more family time. For you, maybe it's fighting cancer or chronic pain. Maybe it's a relationship. Or maybe, for those of you in the room, we're just trying to get through the school year, right? Like, what's going to happen next? Are we in? Are we out? Are we online? Or are we in person, right? We're going to try, over the next three weeks, to give you a word for when the journey gets hard. And today's word is perseverance. This word indicates a struggle, by definition. As we studied, as I studied this this past week, I looked up like business articles, I looked at history, I looked at famous people, and there were a few people that, that came up in my study, and I want to share with you about their lives, okay? Did you know that Thomas Edison, famous inventor, he was told at a young age, you're never going to amount to anything. Walt Disney was fired from a job because he wasn't creative enough. And the first time that he presented Mickey Mouse, it was rejected, and his first business went bankrupt. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he fought depression, failure in the NFL, and other football programs. 
Michelle Obama every day went to high school thinking that she was not good enough, and it was confirmed when her guidance, to guidance counselor told her she was not Princeton material. Perseverance. This is a term that many of us are somewhat talking about in these days. People will ask me, how you doing? And sometimes I say, you know what, we just have to take this day by day, don't we? And some people respond with, maybe minute by minute. It is not a vacation. And as we're in the midst of this season, I think if we were honest with ourselves, we would say, I need some more perseverance. We're going to be looking at Romans 5 today. So if you have a Bible or if you have a device, turn on Romans 5. Paul is writing to a church in Rome. They are a very diverse church. We actually studied Rome, Romans about a year ago, and we talked about this. It's a unique church in that you have people who have been Jewish, believing in God, following God's law, and now they've understood who Jesus is, and they've said yes to him. And then you have other people who have no idea about God's law and Judaism, but know who Jesus is and have said yes to following him. And they've come to try to get together. And you can imagine maybe there were some challenges. They had different traditions, and yet they were coming together as a new society of siblings. Romans 5, starting in verse 1. Therefore, Paul says, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. So again, Paul is reminding this group of very different people, no matter where they've come from, Jesus has changed their status before God. No matter their former life, their ethnicity, what they've believed, they have now been justified. This is a word maybe we don't use very often. And in the original Greek, I find this fascinating. It literally means we are being made, we have been made as we ought to be. As we were meant to be. We have been made righteous as we want to be. And we've been declared just as we want to be considered. It's something in us that we want to be made right. We don't want things wrong. We don't want it broken. We want things to be made right and just. Now, in this section, I find it interesting that Paul doesn't say, you individually have been justified through your faith in Christ. He uses the word we, and it's a very communal section of Romans. It's not just me and Jesus shut up in a room somewhere just trying to get through COVID. And thank the Lord, I've said yes to Jesus, I'm justified. I am part of a community. He has called me to be part of a society of siblings, and we, through Christ, have been made justified. This whole section uses the communal language, and he also says we have not just been justified, We've, been, we've gained access by faith, and we stand on grace. It also says that we have peace, peace with God. Continuing on in Romans 5, verse 2, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, this one kind of cooks my noodle, I have to be honest. I'm looking into the face of some of you that as I say this, it's very humbling to say it out loud. I might not say it except it's in the Bible. 
There's a reason to boast, Paul says, because of suffering. Because our sufferings are not in vain. They produce something, according to this section. Now, I will confess, I've had hard times, and we could talk about it sometime. But I don't know if I've ever boasted in it, and I don't really know if it's true suffering as the Romans were going through at this point because of their faith. There are others out there in the world, I mean, literally, just click on a news site. Mass shootings, COVID continues to kill Elderly Asian Americans being beaten. Read about Ethiopia right now. Go talk to your neighbor and see what's happening in their lives. Near and far, there is real suffering. And sometimes when you talk to people who are suffering, they're going to say, that's bull to this section. And I might even say, gosh, I'm having a hard time seeing the promise fulfilled in your life as well. And I want to acknowledge that that is a mystery of faith. But I will stand on the word of God today and say, Paul says suffering can produce something and that something is good. I think that the key to this, honestly, is by choosing it. It produces something if we're in the suffering Hebrews 12 says to us, let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. See, even the Bible likes talking about running. It's not just me. (laughs) Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of the faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, Jesus, who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Perseverance, it means to continue a steadfastness, not to faint, waiting constantly, adhering, holding on to. And in the English, by definition, it, it is when you're pushing against something. It's not just like riding the rail, right? This is what Jesus did. This is who Jesus is. Sometimes because of the book of Isaiah, we call him the suffering servant, Romans 5, verse 5. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would be with us forever. When Jesus was about to die and go on the cross and and ascend into heaven, he told the disciples, yes, I'm leaving, but I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit with you and the Holy Spirit will never leave. Now, this sounds like great news, right? But remember where we started. It was in the suffering. I don't know all of your stories, but I know some of you have the privilege of avoiding suffering. At some point, we can turn off the news. At some point, we can say, okay, kids, turn it off. We're going to go sit down at our table, and we're probably going to have leftovers. Some of us have two cars in the garage that we fill up with gas very infrequently lately because we're not going anywhere, and we're actually saving money. Those vacations have been canceled, and so we actually have more money this past year than we did the previous year. We can avoid it by entering into the comfortable word world that we have. But this section calls us to perseverance, to enter the suffering 
to not look away, but to persevere. It says it also produces character. Character is something that proves itself. It has withstood something. Proven trustworthy despite the trials. As I look out in the world, I don't see a ton of examples of perseverance being heralded. We like the quick fix. We like shorter wait times. We like our paint to dry faster. Apparently, they can engineer that, so we don't even have to wait for our paint to dry as we used to. This past week, we were talking about how to create healthy meals in less time with a coworker. And we were saying, basically, these days, I want a meal that I can prep and cook and eat within 30 minutes. And Brian said, I remember taking a class in high school, was it? And it was a class to how to cook a fast meal in an hour. <laughs> Brian's not that old. <laughs> when the journey gets hard, people of God, we have a choice. And I think in these days, the world needs a community that's willing to persevere. Confirmation students, as you consider following Jesus, confirming your faith today, we're going to be honest with you. If you are here considering Jesus and following Jesus, I'm going to be honest with you. Those of you who have walked with Jesus longer than I have walked the earth, you know this. When you follow Jesus, at some point, there will be suffering and perseverance. And you're going to have to choose whether to enter it or not. When we say yes to Jesus, it means that we're saying yes to the suffering servant. Do you remember Easter? The cross that sits behind us every Sunday reminds us that Jesus suffered. Our friends are suffering. This world is suffering. And as we think about producing character and enjoying hope, there is perseverance required of us. There is hope. There's hope because we follow Jesus who didn't stay on the cross. There is hope because as you suffer, if someone's in it with you, when you're running a race and somebody's next to you huffing just like you are, whew, there's some hope that you have because you're not alone in it. When you're on that Zoom call with other people who have had it and they understand how you feel, you, you have hope because you're not alone in it. And we follow Jesus because Jesus is the one who marks out the race of the long haul. He's in it with you for the long haul. He's in it with us for the long haul, and he calls us to follow him. So what does that look like, practically speaking? Perseverance is kind of a big word. I'm not sure if you went home if you could spell it right, because I've had a lot of time to misspell it this week. I want another R in there. Perseverance, not perseverance. The first thing, I think, is that we have to choose it. When you know someone who's suffering, we have to choose how we're going to respond to their suffering. If I am suffering, I have to choose how I am going to manage it. And if I am not suffering, I can simply look out and read and educate myself and know that the church 
is suffering. There are brothers and sisters of mine who are suffering. Am I going to be present while they grieve? Am I going to educate myself? Am I going to join them in that? Or am I going to look away? For some of you, it might mean joining a small group. Confirmation, you basically have a really cool big small group. Some of you I know are in small groups because I know you personally. (laughs) When you're in a smaller group of people, those are the places where you can be honest about what you're struggling with. For some of you, maybe it means volunteering somewhere in town with people who are challenged, and you need to be aware of what's happening around you. The second thing, and we're going to talk about this at length next week, is that we have to look to Jesus. If we expect to get through it, if we expect to have hope, we need to look at the one who marked out the race for us. So when the journey gets hard, God invites us to persevere, and we have had the opportunity to get to know Ashley. Some of you might recognize Ashley's face. We have a video here in one second. Miss Ashley is a part of Crossview, and I think her story illustrates, gives us a vision of what it might look like for us as a community to persevere together. So let's watch. My name is Ashley Dolman. I was born and raised Catholic, and religion was always something we just did. It was not a way of life. In 2012, my son was born, and I often wanted to give him um, a form of faith. However, I wasn't sure what I had faith in. Later had my daughter, and when she was born, I sought out some faith. We needed something as a family. Soon we moved to Mankato, and in 2018, our connection as a couple was struggling, and uh, we just grew further and further apart. The solution was for him to move out, and so we separated and then later divorced that year. So at that time, life was a little crazy um, and I needed a little calm to my storm. And my dear neighbor, Hannah Garcia, and her girls invited me and my kids to the backpack blessing. And although a little reluctant, I thought, you know what, this might just exactly be what we need. So we attended that service and were instantly hooked. Every Sunday gave us a further connection um, and the kids soon would ask when we were coming back. So I knew we had found our connection and soon after that I joined the small group starting point um, of which I found a very deep connection with others in the group and with Erin and grew a lot in my faith and and how I was thinking about God. In 2019, my dear friend of 15 years moved home from Kentucky after living a life on the road, and the kids and I invited him to um, Crossview with us. He also was needing the connection with God again in his life. However, very quickly, January 13th to be exact, I came home um, to my best friend suffering a stroke in my kitchen. That night at midnight, I think we finally gotten him um, settled into his room and the nurses sent me home. 
I got home and after all the tears quit flowing and I was laying in bed trying to close my eyes and go to sleep, I, I knew that wasn't gonna happen. I needed help, I needed guidance. And I turned to um, the Facebook uh, Crossview page and made a post. I asked for prayers and uh, the community here at Crossview flooded in with support and guidance um, and love from meals to um, the prayer chain to just the weekly check-ins of support from Pastor Libby and um, all those at Crossview. This past year has been one of the most difficult of my life, trying to juggle Jason and Rochester, depression and anxiety, um, and the challenges of life really set in for us. Um, and we had lost touch with what we had found the Christmas before his stroke. We knew what we needed. We needed our God and we needed our church again. Um, the church had opened up, so after a few services, uh, we knew that we were home and we were excited about continuing the journey that we had started before his stroke. Um, soon, Sandy Asker um, approached me about the small group Alpha. It has brought a new connection and a new view on my life with God and faith for my children and my family. But most of all, through all my struggles, the biggest thing that helps me and my family is prayer and just showing the kids how praying together can relieve such tension and anxiety um, and just help you through everyday life. So as I listen to Ashley's story, I'm reminded that Ashley is one among many here in Mankato and the surrounding area. And she had a friend that invited her into her life. And because of that, Ashley and Jason and Ashley's children, when it hit the fan, they were not alone. And it's helped her persevere. And Ashley and Jason and others have chosen to let us into their suffering, to let us in and let us know how we can help them. It's been a privilege to get to know Ashley, to cry with her, to see how she's doing. And there are many others of you, when you are struggling, you let me know what's happening. And it is a privilege, I've said that, it's a privilege when you let us know how you're really doing. So it kind of is a weird two-way street. Maybe that's part of the boasting. We get to do this together, even the hardest of the hard things. The world needs a community who follows Jesus. They need to know that God is not going to give up on them, even though it might feel like he has. James 1.4 says, Let this endurance complete its work so that you may be fully mature, complete, lacking in nothing. I invite you today to pursue Jesus, to connect with Jesus. Whether you're being confirmed, whether you are just waiting to go to kindergarten, whether you've been doing this for decades, 
following Jesus. Because we need Jesus to go the long haul with us, and the world needs people who will go the long haul with them. Would you join me in prayer? God, I'm so grateful that you don't give up on us. I'm so grateful that Hannah and her kids invited Ashley and her children to church. God, I'm so grateful for the ways that these men and women in this room, boys and girls, Jesus, that they want to know you, that they took time today to come and listen to you, God, and I pray that your spirit would be speaking. God, we are in a hard journey, and we need you in the midst of it. God, would you help us as you call us to persevere, and we need your help, and we pray these things in the name of Jesus.